listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is episode 220. This episode is brought to you by lovemyskivvies.com. Everyone gave us such good feedback on our ad last week. <laughs> it was kind of silly. We talked about, <laughs> it, got, it got a little silly. It got a little um, silly. But everything you need to know about why we love Love My Skivvies <laughs> is um, detailed in episode 219. But <laughs> suffice to say that this, um, so it's an underwear subscription service, and we just love it. The underwear is great quality. It's really comfortable. It's super cute. Um, and it's just great to not have to buy underwear for yourself all yeah. the time. And, and there's a lot of different um, price points and a lot of different styles. Yep. And as you guys know, we like to bring you products that we love and that we really uh, try ourselves and make sure that it's really something that you guys would love as well. So we know you listen to a lot of podcasts. We know you guys have a ton of sponsors that are thrown at you. Um, just to support this podcast, especially if this is something that fits for you, you can support the podcast by going to lovemyskivvies.com. And the discount code is GGW. So that's L U V. M-Y skivvies, S-K-I-V-V-I-E-S, lovemyskivvies.com, and the discount code is G-G-W. And this week we have Carl Pauly on the show. We did this interview a couple weeks ago, and he's just the best. He's an intense dude. I like it. Yeah, I mean, this was really intense, Claire. I kind of had a moment where I was like, Claire, Claire's going to probably drop off. She's going to be like, this I is too many feels. conversations. I yeah. just don't like, he, he wasn't that like feely. Yeah, for sure. I can do intense. I just can't do like crying oh yeah we weren't crying at all i mean we were just no, like no crying we were just going there but uh yeah and <laughs> and uh you jumped in on the call like five minutes in which is fine but i just want to give listeners like a heads up <laughs> miles had like an intense bedtime that night so claire was yeah. like <laughs> a little late to the call <laughs> I'll just join as soon as I can, which, you know, <laughs> life happens. Life happens. Yeah. So, you guys, Carl is the best. And if you don't know who he is, you'll learn a lot about him on this episode and look him up. Uh, he's just a really awesome person all around and has done a ton in the fitness community. So, um, we get pretty deep on this episode, but we hope you guys like it. Hi there. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for rushing back. I saw you on Insta stories and I was like, man, he's, he's not messing around. No, I'm. Uh, I, I had to get a workout in, and uh, I was like, "All right, head back. <laughs> take it. Maybe take a shower, even." Yeah. What? Yeah. You, don't get too fancy for us. We're not that fancy. No, I'm, I'm not too. <laughs> not, not not getting too fancy. Don't worry. What did you um? What did you do for your workout? Uh, I just I, I take classes at at a CrossFit gym that's right down the street. So whatever was on on the menu today, which was some. Imam thing. Uh, I can't even remember. There were deadlifts and wall balls and kettlebell swings and burpees. I just kind of was thinking through other things actually as I was doing it. So yeah. <laughs> it was like, my meditation. Yeah, I know. I love those workouts. Um, do you mind if we just kind of get going and uh, start start ch- chit chatting? We won't do like an official intro or anything. We like to keep it yeah. su- super cash. So I just yeah, I want to I always awesome. like to give that disclaimer because I don't want you to be like, oh, I didn't know we were recording. I didn't want you to put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I, this this is what I've learned. Okay. Don't say anything you don't want recorded. Uh so even I, 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 yeah. I yeah. Even if it's like even if you yeah, that's very true. Or it was one of my good friends uh her mom, we Claire and I have been talking recently about how mom advice is such good advice. And her mom said that don't say anything or write anything that you would not want projected on the front page of the newspaper. And I like, it's kind of the same thing. 
There you go. I, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, okay. So you did, uh, so recently just kind of going off of what you said with your workout is lately I've just been having, Claire and I have been talking a lot about this shift of like workouts being, I don't know. I feel like there's a wave of change going on in the world where workouts used to be like, go as hard as you can. And now we, at least I am feeling this vibe of trying to make workouts work with you or you making it work for you as opposed to like having it kill you. Yeah, 100%. This is what I've been calling it. I've been calling it instead of working out, I work in, which means that I work in whatever it is that I care about or I need in that moment. And what it does is it allows me to make my workout an exploration. And it's funny because the more you work in things that you care about within whatever prescription they're giving you, uh, all of a sudden you start seeing these results that are so much more meaningful than just physical changes. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it just makes it tie in with the rest of your day. Yeah. Have you always had that personality? Because I know that you're very introspective and you're a deep thinker and you're like an old soul. Were you an old soul as a kid? I was a very scared kid. Really? Uh, Very scared kid. I was scared of everything. I mean, I remember the day I learned that we all die. That was a very big day. And I think I was three years old. Uh, I was uh, just, I couldn't go to, uh, on a field trip at school. I was scared of that. I I cried probably every day uh, for at least a month when I when I started primary school. I I was just scared of everything, and I I would just beat my mom up, uh, just like pinch her leg and grab her, and because you, you didn't want to go. Yeah, just very mean things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just so afraid of everything. You said and when I you think, were when you were three, you learned about death. Uh huh. In what way? I. We were playing some light game. I, I can't remember. I was actually here in the U.S. and I was hanging out at a friend's house, just like a little play date kind of thing where your parents are around. Mm-hmm. And we're down in the basement, and he he was a little older than I was, and uh, we were playing with some some kind of light game. I forget what it was called, but he he said something that his grandpa had died, and I was like, oh, that, you know, I, I don't know. You're a kid, so what what are you right. gonna say? You're just yeah, like, cool, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like. It sucks. Everyone dies. And I was like, what do you mean everyone dies? I, I thought you would only die if you had an accident. Uh, no, no, we all eventually die. And that was a, such a big moment in my life or probably the, the first like, big memory I, I probably carry with me. Uh, and I just kind of realized that, okay, our, our time in this form is limited. So what are you going to do? But then and, you, like yeah. as a kiddo, and then as a kiddo, though, that expressed itself through being really scared to do things, which is interesting to me because then you became a gymnast and you were really involved in that aspect, which is pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, I don't know. So you, you grew up, and I know you grew up Catholic, and I'm a, I like to call it a recovering Catholic because that's how I was raised as well. So I know that that kind of has its own instilling fear and kind of like shameful and guilt and all that crap but um the so like as you were going through that and I guess developing yourself as a gymnast like were you still scared like how did you as a kid like get through that what made you be like okay I don't need to be scared anymore you know there was a moment when things started shifting and yes I went to Catholic school which 
we went to Catholic school not because we were Christian or Catholic or but it was religious. a good school, right? Like it, it was a good school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a school that you you would get some sort of education in, and that's what we thought, of course. And uh, I mean, I'm not I, I I personally don't believe in in God, and I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. So you could call me an atheist if you will, sure. but that doesn't uh, make me someone that is not spiritual or caring, compassionate, empathetic. Right, because I think if anyone who follows you knows that you are very caring and you have an extremely big heart. So that's something that, yeah, I don't think it's one and the same. I would agree with you there. Yeah, and when I say I don't believe in God, what I'm saying is I don't believe in uh, the message that any religion actually shares. I, I, I like the crossover of the message and the bigger picture. And yes, I believe in uh, this collective consciousness. Uh, that that was there. And I think that that's part of this whole kind of evolution of who I am and, and taking this fear and transforming it into something that is meaningful and impactful in a positive way. And it was when I was, I was probably 13 or 14, um, we had this camp thing that we were doing with gymnastics where we were going to go on this uh, two-week retreat out into the woods. And I was like, no way. I'm not, I'm not going away from my parents, my house <laughs> for, two, for two weeks. That is crazy. And my, my younger brother, Oscar, um, he was 11 at the time or 12. He's like, I'm going. And he didn't even do gymnastics. He wasn't even part of the club. <laughs> and he's like, peace out. Yeah, peace out. I'm going. And I was like, what? You're going? So I was like, well, if my brother is going, then then I'll go. And he was so cool about the whole thing. And I was just like, I just want to be like him. Yeah. He's just cool. And I think that was the first time I, I, I got to be away from home uh, in an environment that was not, oh, we're going on a competition or we're going to stay at this hotel and you, you're going to be competing with the team. It was more this, uh, I guess, first away from home experience uh, at the age of 13. I mean, I, that's maybe a little late, I, but yeah. I was so I was so scared. For two I, I weeks, that, though? That, yeah, that's a long that time. That was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's when things started to kind of transform. I, I realized that you could you could use words to express how you were feeling. You you could behave. Uh, you could control your behavior to express certain needs. And when you did that, all of a sudden you got those needs met. And it it was really basic. And I didn't have words for it then. But I realized that the way that I carried myself could help me. Uh, basically get where I, what I needed at that time and to disappear. And basically what that was, was I used fear as a catalyst to allow me to make better decisions. Yeah. Um, and I think Claire just joined the call. Claire, are you there? I did. Hi, okay. I'm, very, I'm sorry. I'm a little late. I was, um, my toddler skipped his nap today. So we had a very lengthy traumatic bedtime. And I, <laughs> the time got away from... <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Hi, Claire. Hi, so good to uh, Skype meet you. Mm-hmm, same here. <laughs> um, so, sorry, don't let me take away from the conversation. Yeah, so we'll, we'll jump back into what you were talking about, Carl. And so I think, I think the other piece, too, is like we kind of were talking, Claire, about like how um, I was making the comment that I was like, Carl, you're always very just 
you feel like you're an old soul and he's like no i grew up like really scared and so we're kind of delving into that too of like how you overcame that but even like as okay so through your like as you're a teenager like how do you see that like that's a pretty young age to be pretty darn insightful so i think like what was influencing you at the time where you were like coming into your own so to speak you know my parents were a huge factor in this i mean they 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 were when it came to parenting they they gave us enough freedom that it allowed us to explore and uh, kind of grow into ourselves and set uh, what you would call healthy boundaries to allow us to at least see where the line was and uh, make some decisions around that. And your your actions, of course, had consequences. Uh, but somehow they they managed to to paint those lines really nicely for us, uh, and they managed to do that with five kids uh, in a way that I think, of course, we're all messed up in some way. But <laughs> we, we turned out okay. We we made it. Yeah, right. Like that's we've, we're, now we've all arrived. Adults. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're we're all you know uh, very. Uh, successful if if you you think about feeling uh, some sort of sense of fulfillment uh, we, we've we've all kind of uh, at least we're working towards that and we've we felt it to some degree so um, okay so I also want to circle back to because I I don't want to gloss over the important piece that you said at the beginning where Clara was telling Carl's like I feel like there's this shift going on where workouts aren't really meant to like beat yourself up. And we talk a lot about this on our podcast, especially with our community, because like the idea of like punishing yourself and if you miss a workout, you feel guilty. And Carl was like, yeah, I look at workouts now as like a work in, like, how can I like make it, how can I work my stuff out? And like, Mm -hmm. it's very center focused where you're not being like, how can I make this workout just kill me? So I think (laughs) I really want to talk a lot about that though, Carl, because I know that like, I've just been so inspired by your approach too of like really challenging everything that is thrown at us to really question it and really consider i know there was a time where you're like don't ask what's your why like what is your what Mm -hmm. and i like that you even question those types of questions (laughs) it's like yeah it really like gets it really like gets me thinking where i'm like oh my god it just it's anyway i i have a million things but i won't go off too many tangents but i just i guess i want you to talk a little bit more about like that why is that important to you Mm. You know, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I can't tell you exactly why. It depends on how much time you have. <laughs> um, but there's something inside of me that is it, it is so hot. Like that fire is so hot, and it's burning so intensely. I uh, I can't really explain it. And somehow, I guess if I if I had a superpower. I have this superpower of feeling what everyone is feeling, um, and I can see uh, beyond what most people are seeing. I have a weakness, though, which is I have a very hard time expressing with words or my actions, my behaviors, uh, my business, uh, everything in my life. I have a hard time finding that alignment of this intense fire that's burning inside of me that has something to share and say and it just it's almost like I want it to come out so bad but I need to exercise patience as I develop my craft to be able to let it unfold 
in the most fluid, natural way where people around me are prepared to to experience it or hear it. So uh, I guess number one is I have this intrinsic drive that's it's insane. And although I'm I'm extremely um, empathetic, I'm also extremely judgmental. Uh, I used to judge out of fear, which my wife always always says. You, Tanya's like, Carl, you're you're judging right now, and that that what you're saying sounds awful. And I'm like, it's not. That's not my intent. My my intent is, that is actually positive. Uh, so so that's where I feel like I, I've lucked out, uh, or I've chosen uh, wisely a partner life like Tanya that uh, challenges me to ch- continue to challenge that. Uh, language that I'm using to express what's inside of me. Sure. Um, those two those two things seem completely at odds with each other, though. Like, how can you be both empathetic but also have your judgy pants on? Uh, so, the, you know you know the expression, leave your ego at the door? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's utter bullshit. <laughs> because what makes us human is our ego. What sure, allows like us to see... in the literal sense of the word. Yes. What, it, what I've been saying lately, uh, to try to describe this, I've, I've been saying the ego is the axis on which our moral compass spins. It's okay. our ego that allows us to uh, make the right decision. And it's a matter of not succumbing to the ego that uh, allows us to continue to be human in the most balanced way. Yeah, I think there's a negative connotation with ego just because people could say, oh, you're so ego driven, meaning that you're just so focused on yourself. I don't think that that's a bad thing to be focused on yourself in that way. We need it to survive. Mm So (laughs) I would agree with you. Exactly. Exactly. It's what makes us human. Uh, So uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, I, I have sensed since I was a kid was this dissonance that I was having. Uh, from the fire that was so positive, so strong, so willing inside of me. And then my uh, fear of almost seeing too far, knowing too much, and being scared of that potential of what really is. And then not being able to express that in a way that I, that made sense to people. And when I attempted <laughs> to express it, I would get a reaction, not a response. And and I, I guess that's been the, the story of my life. And I'm I'm continuing to try to improve on my expression. And I mean one of the challenges is talking to you guys and I and I love this because I can feel that you guys are genuinely reading what I'm saying and also reading in between the lines as you are computing all the information, comparing it to what you know to be able to formulate a question that's going to give you or the audience the answer that they want. And that is the world that I live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like, it's like hypersensitive, like super, super hypersensitive uh, and super intuitive, which is just, I believe innate. And I don't think, I mean, I think that's a gift where someone like you who has that platform, of course, that's something where you have the power to influence a lot of people in thinking that way. Um, now, you know, just from my experience with you, you mentioned having a reaction. Like, yeah, I have a reaction to you whenever you say things where I'm like, whoa, like I can connect to something. There's something in me that's like connected to whatever you're saying on a very deep level because not a lot of people try to go that far or it's seen like as woo-woo. And there's some times where I'm like, whoa, it because it challenges us to think that way, right? 
Like that's why mm-hmm. we, that's why we we react that way where we're like, oh man, this is deep, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think what 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 it is too is it's the code. And I, and I'll give you an example. Uh, I went to Catholic school, like like you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the nuns were so they were so mean. Oh, okay? they so mean. They were just like pull your ears till they crack. They smack kids. Like the punishments were crazy, and you're just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. This is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start thinking, wait a second, isn't this supposed to be, uh, quote unquote, like the good, the good? <laughs> we're, we're we're learning the good, and then uh, it. I was probably. 27 28 and i remember uh realizing that when when people said something in a in a religious context like when i hear when i used to hear someone say god bless you to me Mm -hmm. uh, can i swear here yeah Mm -hmm. i used to say fuck yourself go fuck yourself that that's how reactive i was and judgmental i was and I've now learned after uh, many iterations of practicing and trying to understand that what they're really saying is be well. Mm-hmm. It's I wish you all the best. That's that's the the intent behind it. And it's the code, the way it's presented when you've had this experience and you formulated your own opinion on a certain thing that if you don't break that and you continue to challenge that you will be stuck in that, and all of a sudden you will have so many missed connections and opportunities for growth, for even just personal fulfillment and satisfaction, to be at ease and not be suffering. You're missing out because of the code, because of the, the color of the skin, because of the, yeah. the, the culture. And, and that's, uh, I think, my work. And I'm just trying to be as honest as I can about it, yeah. even if I don't have the right words. Because no matter what I say, I will be judged. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I share something with you that you inspire me to do? Um, I there's a, there's a practice called segment intending, and I don't know where I read it. I, it was like 10 years ago. I learned it somewhere in some like fancy schmancy wooey book that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really has so much to do with uh, you know, like say after this call, Carl, like you hang up the you hang up the phone with us, and you like go in the kitchen. You're gonna have dinner, and maybe your family's there, and so you like you like have an intention of how you're gonna be in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. And so they call it segment intending. So almost like from segment being kind of like a relative term, like whatever you determine to be a segment of your life. Like maybe it's going to eat dinner, and then maybe it's your next segment is you're getting ready for bed, right? And uh-huh. um, that I feel like is so powerful when I'm out in the community. I see you out in the community a lot in your Insta stories and just with your um, Instagram posts and like how much power we have to intend in the segments of our lives. Like for example, out at Starbucks or interacting with the barista or interacting with someone at the store and like taking those moments of really connecting with people. um, That is something where when I see you do it, it's like I'm inspired to do the same because it takes, it takes some guts sometimes because you're like, you're not sure how people are going to react to you or like, oh, who are you? Are you some weirdo talking to me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what, as you're saying this, I, I almost feel like crying because uh, it's it's exactly what I I try. I try to be so mindful and so aware of how I'm connecting with people. And there's an opportunity every second. I mean, every word. And it it's so powerful. Uh, it It's almost like sometimes it keeps me up. 
uh, at night, knowing that I may have missed out on one or two or a moment or uh, just knowing how many people are missing out on this opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to to make the change or feel a certain way. I, I, so I, basically what I'm saying is thank you for sharing it. That makes my day. Yeah. I You sort of um, proactively answered a, a question that I have, but I think it, it's interesting to think about, you know, first of all, hearing you describe yourself as someone who really feels other people's feelings and is very intuitive and, um, that is not really something that I can relate to at all because I am very like. Claire, how would you Claire, describe me in Claire's, this sense? Claire, Claire is. I, I well, there's like touchy feely people, and then there's like Claire. Just Claire has compassion in just like the like not the touchy feely like words way or like giving hugs way, right? Uh-huh. Like you're, I'm kind of a cactus. Yeah. Yeah. But not in the yeah. sense of like you're a very caring and feeling deep, right. deeply I'm not feeling like person. Unappro- I'm not like but a Claire, bitch, but Claire, I'm just not no, like an Claire would rather like Claire that. would rather not be approached by someone and just given a hug out of nowhere. <laughs> Hugs in particular. Yeah. I feel I'm like I don't need to touch you. Yeah. But so next I, time I see you, I'll give you a big ass hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I know you, I'm, if I'm I know you, it's not, I'm not, I'm, it's okay. But like with random people, anyway, a hug is sort of more of an analogy for mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm just not the type of person who I'm not great at like reading other people's emotions. I'm not even that good at reading my own emotions. Like when it comes to intuition in that way, I just am not, it's not something I excel. It's not part of my personality. It's not something I feel like I'm missing out on either though. Like for me, it's kind of like, I think it would be so overwhelming to live that way. And, you know, as in hearing you describe like these two really intense things, one of which is outward of, you know, always being very into other people and having this intuition. And then one of which is inward of you having this intense fire all the time and this passion and this drive and just constantly, you know, the gears are constantly whirring all the time. And I mean, how do you balance that? How even can you balance that? Is it just a constant, like you said, staying up at night wondering, what did I miss? Did I, you know, did I miss something today? Or, you know, how do you use that to actually be productive? I feel like I would just be completely stymied by that combination. Yeah, it depends on 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 what's really going on in my life. I, I think I somehow have been able to transform my worry into this very joyful thing where I love it. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And some people see it as 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 um, almost like a burden that I carry. Uh, and I even think Tanya, my 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 wife, thinks that sometimes, like, uh, you're not happy, are you? I'm like, I I, I actually am. <laughs> I really am. I feel freaking great. It, it's just I I like to go deep and mm-hmm. in that depth where all the uncomfortable things are is where I thrive and but you're comfortable with that like that's the difference too because there's times where you know i'll even i'm i'm a therapist by day so like i'm super in touch with feelings but like there's (laughs) there's even there's even times literal professional feelings that is my professional job but like it's there's times too where you know just because i'm a therapist doesn't mean i don't have shit but there's times too where i'll notice an interaction with someone where i'm like oh this is uncomfortable this is uncomfortable and i'm like talk (laughs) i'm like talking myself through it as i'm like it's like there's two of me and i'm having a conversation yeah (laughs) 
this <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, but I feel like that's also a gift because in that moment we can just be like, okay, this is really uncomfortable. And my coachy, I don't, okay, I want to, I want to hear what what goes through your inner dialogue, Carl. But um, like when I'm in those moments, what I'm telling myself, I'm legit telling myself, you have to do the thing that you absolutely don't want to do right now. Like I'm forcing mm-hmm. myself to be like, if you don't want to have this conversation or you're really having a hard time, like Joy, just relax for a moment and like look this person in the eyes and like say the things that are really hard to say. Mm-hmm. It, the, the things that are really hard to say are the things that I love saying. Yeah. Like that, I, that's and I, I guess, I, let I, me I, clarify that. I, I, when I say, well, yeah, when I see that, I'm just like, yes, what an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And let me clarify this by, I'm, I'm just talking about like my coworkers and, and like my personal life. Yeah. I'm not talking about talking to clients, but like truly like when you're having those difficult moments like you're you're you are comfortable with that because like so when people react to you you don't you have to have some part of you that's like it's difficult to hear things like maybe criticisms like how do you deal with criticisms? yeah 100 I, I i tend to take criticism uh well it depends on where it comes from but i'm i take it hard because i am such a big critic of myself i am my worst enemy when it comes to criticizing and I'm such a perfectionist in many different ways. Uh, so I, when I, when I hear someone criticize me immediately, I'm like, Oh fuck, I knew it. I knew it. You know? And then I start, but then, uh, I can, I can turn it around pretty quickly and I just kind of sit with it. And what I've come to learn is that I'm kind of, um, sitting there bathing in my own shame for a little bit. And then I realize, okay, this is something I, I need to deal with. I need to confront. And sometimes it, it, it's a, a really quick turnover. It can be a second. Sometimes it's a day, two, or a little bit longer. But um, it's, it's, uh, it's that shame that I, I realize that, okay, I'm in a state of shame right now. Hang for a little bit. It's put a timer. Pass. Claire and I like to say put a timer on it. Yeah, that's not ours, by the way. We stole that from Rory Zambard's mom. Rory Zambard, yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that from you guys. That's her mom. That's what her mom tells me. Yeah, her mom. That's that's her her mom mom advice. advice. That's great. I'm gonna put a timer on it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, When it comes from to uh, me giving criticism, it depends on the environment. But there there are some people in my life that. that I've I've tried to to help by giving them constructive criticism or facilitate some sort of process as a friend or coworker and uh, I have not succeeded and uh, I, for a long time I thought it was okay it must be me I I must be the problem and uh, and I, I what I've started doing is is really forgiving myself and saying you know you can only do so much right now you're doing the best you can that's that's good enough. And and I try to treat myself uh, the way I would treat others as I receive criticism. And somehow that it allows me to create a language for myself that, that makes that timer uh, go off quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So two quick things, too, because I want to get to all of the questions I have. <laughs> so uh, I love that in a recent interview... I think what's really funny is that we're really stuck on um, when we do interviews like this, like Claire and I have done a ton of interviews and I always get the feeling that we're always trying to find the answer of like, what's your secret? (laughs) Or like, Mm -hmm. what do you, what do you do every day? That's like really makes you who you are. And I think what I love about you too, 
just the way you present yourself is like, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure this shit out like everyone else. And there's really no, um, because you're in front of a lot of people. Yeah, there's no secret sauce. Like because you have a large audience and you've accomplished a lot of great things. I think there's so many people that are like, I want to do what you do. or I want to get to quote unquote that point. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Just, just Mm -hmm. how much like Mm -hmm. we need, we need, we need to work against that flow. Yeah, you know, I pull everything out of my ass, basically. Great, that's, so that's do we. What I do. Yeah, that's the secret sauce. It's bite. And, I, and I'm so fast at it. And I think what I've done is <laughs> is <laughs> you developed the skill. <laughs> the, the speed is unreal. Uh, <laughs> but somehow I've surrounded myself by people that call my bullshit out, and I'm like, yeah, actually, I, I just made that up. But. <laughs> It has it has some it has something to it. So then I start thinking about it and researching it and working on it until I find the words to explain why that came out. And maybe it wasn't that exactly. It was um, not necessarily incorrect. It was just incomplete, and it wasn't presented in the right timing and the right way. And that's what the problem was. That's why it was bullshit. So. Uh, I think the speed of just being vulnerable right away and just being like, this is what I think, and then getting an immediate reaction from people is what allows me to move way faster than most people around me. Uh, and, and it really does come down to vulnerability. And I know vulner- being vulnerable right now is a fad, mm-hmm. but I've been vulnerable since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing it for 35 years. And You're like a uh, hipster, a vulnerable hipster, like you were vulnerable before it was cool. Exactly. I'm just like, yo, I invented vulnerable. <laughs> we should call no, but... we should call Brene Brown right now and make and give her <laughs> give you all her royalties. Dude, she is so awesome. I love her. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. She is unreal. I, when, I can't even listen to her because I get upset that she knows so much. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was just listening to her um, her newest book that just came out on Tuesday, mm. and I had to drive up. Um, I had a couple hour drive in the morning to get to some meetings, and I put it on, and I was like, "This is way too heavy for six thirty in the morning." <laughs> I gotta listen. Seriously, to some, gotta listen to some Guy Raz or something instead. Yeah, <laughs> she's awesome. She's awesome, yeah. and I, I think her husband is a pediatrician, so yeah, they they are very well versed from uh, a, a philosophical, from a, a scientific perspective, and from a practical perspective as family uh, that they have and everything. It, it, she's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I feel like the, the theme that's kind of been coming up, Claire and I just did Lindsay Matthews birth fit uh, seminar a couple, a few weeks ago. And Claire and I have been talking a lot about how, at least for me, the, the big message that's been coming up a lot is like being flexible and kind of looking outside the box for how to work with people. And um, I feel like having you on the show is kind of like that same theme of just being flexible with your life and kind of questioning a lot of things of like, why are we doing what we're doing? And is this really working for me? Um, mm-hmm. But so Claire and I have obviously a lot of female listeners, mostly, mostly female listeners. And we often have the discussion about comparison. Um, mm-hmm. Really that like... I'm just going to leave it at that and like have you open end that word comparison. Yeah, yeah, comparison is necessary to orient yourself and know where you're standing at any given time. It's one of our uh instinctual skills. We have it. It is when you succumb to the comparison and don't use use it as a platform or a catalyst for change that you start becoming 
um, stagnant and you start feeling shitty and you're not able to make the decisions that you know, you rationally know you must make uh, to be able to move in the direction you want to go. So I think comparison is is a gift. Uh, it's just can you can you use it the way you want to use it, and can you can you sit there and see past you being quote unquote inferior or not as good, which is not even a word, uh, as someone else? And when which, you do that, there's 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 so much more to it. Which, as humans, I'm going to argue that like the default mode that we're going to go to is feeling bad about ourselves. And 100%. I think that uh, we've been having a conversation re- recently about um, just how social and I know that you kind of avoided social media for a while. So we can talk about that too, of like how you decided mm-hmm. to kind of like use this for the force of good. But I think that we want to keep reminding people on a daily basis to use be be aware of what you're putting in front of your face every day in terms of social media and also let it work for you as opposed to then like just passively scrolling through and following people who have like quote unquote perfect bodies because that's what women are very sensitive to of like looks and aesthetic um and it's dangerous and we really see the damage of that yeah men men, sorry claire for interrupting but men men do too like i when i see someone with like an eight pack i'm just like what the hell scroll <laughs> i don't want to unfollow this. unfollow <laughs> i but i think what i kind of hear you saying which i think like when you at first were like comparison is is good and necessary that's really not a way that we ever look at it but i think you know digging deeper into that what i'm kind of hearing is like but you can't assign a value to the information that you find through comparison it just mm-hmm. is what it is and it's like you can do you know if somebody whatever the the thing is that you're comparing to that's just data and Mm -hmm. you can use that data in whichever way you choose but it does not inherently bring value to who you are as a person because of how you compare to someone else Mm -hmm. and i think that that's a huge missing link that people kind of don't you know they automatically assume well if i'm better if i can do this thing xyz better than this person then i'm better a better person versus just like i have a skill that this person doesn't have okay moving on Mm -hmm. or vice versa yeah, I think that's where uh, connection really comes into play as as a basic need and realizing that when you connect with someone, you are one, you're seeing something in someone else that you have that you may not be able to love about yourself, but when you see it in someone else, you can actually love them for having it and therefore all of a sudden you're starting to appreciate what you have inside of you. That, that's kind of how I've uh, explained love in the past, but also being able to use comparison as uh, a tool. The other, the other thing is that um, comparison, when, when you compare yourself, it depends on how you're looking at things. Are you looking at it in a vertical fashion? Are you looking at it in terms of numbers? Uh, it, it, you can measure the comparison in many different ways. And what I realize is uh, the most compelling way of measuring comparison is in the underlying feeling that that comparison gives you versus the underlying feeling that you would like to have or that you would like to work towards. And I think that's the, that's the, the biggest thing. How can we use the feeling of, oh my God, I, I feel so bad about myself. I don't have an eight pack and I'm not deadlifting <laughs> 400 pounds or, uh, you know, whatever whatever it is we're we're concerned about and we feel bad about that right there is 
our our basic tool for self-assessment and be like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling something. It, it seems like it's a negative thing and it feels uncomfortable and weird. But on the other side, if you just let that pass and you don't judge it, this is like every freaking guru out yeah, there. Very mindful. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or mindless, uh, rather. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, let it, let yourself see past that. And on the other end, if you just wait, just wait a little bit, wait a little bit, here it comes. Oh, there it is. Oh, this is what you want. And you're hoping that that thing that you want is going to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. Can you feel that right now? Most likely. Well, it's kind of because, funny. Like our emotions right? are our emotions are really just kind of like these beacons of like telling us where we need to go. And if we would just like uh-huh. listen to them. So like anything that's kind of really <laughs> brought up or if we have like a strong reaction to something, it's always just a signal. It's like pay attention to that. It's really, right. you know, I think where we get stuck in the trap is like if we don't pay attention to it, we let that eat us alive. So I'm guilty of it when you're like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and you have reactions and you're taking in all this information. I think we just become so out of touch with like, what we really need to be paying attention to. Like if we're having a reaction, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like we don't sit and we like internalize that shit instead of being like, you're stupid. Like, why would I have that thought? So it's like, I like that you're bringing that up to like you, you still as hu- a human, you're going to compare, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're still going to compare. 100%. So what are the things that come up for you that are the most prevalent for comparison? Uh, it depends on who I'm looking at. If, I, if I'm looking at Elon Musk, for example, and... Dive into Elon. Elon. Yeah. (laughs) Just a small, just a small little drop in the bucket there. Yeah. So if if I think about someone like Elon Musk, I think, okay, this guy is weird, like we all are. He just decided to embrace his weirdness and to uh, allow himself to focus on the things that he really cares about. Okay. If if someone like Elon Musk can do it, I can do it. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes I watch his video and I'm like, oh, he just landed his 10th rocket, reusable rocket. I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? I know. I'm just trying, you, you know, like, <laughs> it, it, so all of a sudden you're just like, oh, my God, how do, how do I get there? What's the path? And all of a sudden I start looking at the path and I'm like, this thing is colossal. I, I'm so far away that that's when I'm like, oh, my God. Carl, you suck. You you're not building rockets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, have, you don't even have one rocket, let alone ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My God, I, I drive a hybrid. Zero. You know, I don't even drive a zero rocket. <laughs> I, I have zero rockets. Man. Anyways, I have a drone. Uh, I don't, <laughs> That's totally, yeah, you're getting there. Yeah, so, so sometimes I look at someone like that, I'm like, shit, Carl, step up your game. Um, but at the same time, as soon as I feel that, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, Carl, you're a special little snowflake and you're fucking awesome. So just keep pushing forward, you know, just keep doing your thing. It's, it's making an impact whether you see it or not. And you're doing a good job. Keep going. And, and, what, if, and what if Elon Musk is looking at your video exactly. and being like, I have zero... What if he's in there being like, I have zero freestanding handstand push-ups? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. It, I was, uh, so I, I was at the ESPY Awards. Don't ask me why. I was just there. And Michelle Obama walks in, okay? And all of a sudden, I'm looking at Michelle Obama. She's super close to me. And I'm just like, first of all, you're beautiful. And you're such a powerful female figure. And then I was like, oh, you're just, 
you're just like me. You just, yeah. <laughs> you just, you're. If there was no oxygen here, you would be dead. Yeah, just like me. You're just <laughs> you know, the. You are just like the Flotus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, we all, yeah, celebs. They're just like us. They need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly. And it's like you poop, you pee, you yeah. you have to eat. You probably have feelings. All this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? You probably have feelings. You probably have feelings. Not, not, yeah, you probably have some feelings. Not necessarily. So so when you you see that, then you're like, wait a second. How are we measuring being human here? Is it in becoming the next president or Elon Musk yeah. or, uh, you know, being the president of a sports team? What is it that you really care about? And how are you measuring being human? Um, and it's interesting. And, and I was at this dinner on Sunday, which was super nice. But I was with the who is who of Silicon Valley. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. I was looking around the table and I could just see everyone trying to play to to the table and play the game <laughs> and talking each other up and everyone's like, you know, the C-suite conversations and you're just like, guys, give me a fucking oh. break. You, you, you're just sitting around you smelling are, your own farts. Yeah, yeah, but but guess <laughs> what? At the same time, they are also willing to be vulnerable and that's where they're connecting. They create these groups where in private they get to be vulnerable sure and that's the that's the beauty of this thing and we just don't see it yeah so mm-hmm. we think we think when we're scrolling through instagram that elon musk is is just chilling and sending rockets up and down you know <laughs> but, but it, just but with reality, the remote control from his couch <laughs> yeah he goes home from my understanding he goes home and he plays video games because he gets stressed out so it, it's it's perspective yeah perspective yeah yeah. But it's so I don't interesting. Know how we got here. No, I just I I think it's this it we were talking about comparison too and I just I love this conversation too because I feel like just human psychology is just fascinating to me of like how people can get so stuck in their own little worlds and their own little boxes of being like comparing 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 and thinking that no matter how many times we say it they think that if they have A, B, and C, that then they will be happy. And that's just mm-hmm. like, it's so freaking backwards. It could not be more backwards. So, yeah. um, can I give you an example? Yeah. Like, so, one thing that I say at my seminar, and I, I say this is the million dollar question, or this is like uh, getting, uh, wanting to RX a workout. It's like, do you want a million dollars? Do you want the RX? Do you want the muscle up? The answer is always yes. Of course I want it. Now, the next question is, with what you're doing right now, can you have it? Most people are like, uh, I can't make $1 million right now, mm-hmm. but I do work and I do have a salary, so I could actually calculate how long it would take me to make the million dollars. And maybe that comes out to working 12 hours a day, seven days a week for 10 years straight. And when you've done that 10 years straight with no breaks taken, you will have made the million dollars. All of a sudden, you have a roadmap. Most people are like, oh, I'm thankful I have a roadmap, but this is exactly what I was saying about Elon with his, his rockets. I'm like, holy shit, that roadmap is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. But then someone comes around and is like, your coach, don't worry. You got this. I'm going to guide you through it. Let's go. And you're like, yeah, let's go for it. And all of a sudden, you're in this thing, and you're just <laughs> suffering. Most people don't make it, okay? They just don't make it because they're like, I, I can't deal with it. This is so much mm-hmm. for whatever reason, okay? So what I do at my seminars, I'm like, what if I flip this right now? What if I gave you a million dollars right now? How about that? 
and they're like, "That sounds cool. Okay, cool. I'm gonna give you the one. <laughs> I'm, not I'm gonna, gonna say give no you to that. Right? How can I say no? Here's the one million. All you have to do is sign this contract that says that you're gonna work guaranteed twelve hours a day every day for ten years straight. You're working for me, but you get the t- the million dollars up front. No one signs that contract. No one wants to be bound to that crazy roadmap and journey. So what is it you're really chasing? Is it the million dollars? Is it the muscle up? Is it the RX? Or is it the feeling that you get from getting an RX or getting a muscle up or getting the million dollars? And moreover is what are you going to do with that feeling? What are you going to do with the million dollars? That's the question. And I think that's where we need to be operating. That's the level of understanding and awareness that we need to have. It's like we all have the million dollars right now. It's just not in the million dollar form that we think a million dollars should be presented in. But when you start asking what is the feeling that the million dollars gives you and what are you going to do with it, all of a sudden you start operating at a scaled level. Okay, you're not going to deadlift 225 today. You're going to deadlift the barbell but you're going to feel the same thing that your Olympic partner over there is is experiencing. (laughs) (laughs) And if I, as a coach, can bring that awareness to you, you're going to high-five the Olympian, and you guys are both going to be on the same fucking podium. That's what's so cool, and I think that's where we see success and progress and growth. So let me just use the money example really quick. Um, So what do you think about people seeing that is because as you were talking about it, I was like, man, what is it? What is it? it?" I think, what do you think about that? I guess let's just use money for the example is less stress. People just want less stress in their life Mm -hmm. and think that like money will be the answer to having less stress because you don't have to worry as much about things because we have to, we have to survive to have money or we have to Mm -hmm. have money to survive. (laughs) And so I, I guess if you kind of whittle it down to a lot of things, it's like most of the time we're just trying to alleviate stress in our life. Would you? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, one hundred percent. And sometimes that when I get a fat check, I, I feel less stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> when, when my bank account is full, I'm just like, oh, this feels great. And all of yeah. a sudden, I have the freedom to think. Financial freedom is a thing. It's true. Yeah. And and money is a language. And I've fucked up with money a lot because I've taken big risk. Um, so, yeah, money is important. Money matters. And guess what? Pounds on the bar, they matter too. Mm-hmm. And repetitions matter as well. Yeah. Is it stressful? Yes. That's why dosing is important. And in any scientific uh, uh, studies, uh, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals there's always the 50 percent dose test which is okay what dose kills 50 percent of the rats in here and 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 that's where they start creating their prescriptions yeah (laughs) so so uh it's all about individualized prescription and this is something i was reminded of i don't ask me why but i was on a private jet okay okay you're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring you on again and explain all these fancy things that you do because you're like don't ask me why i was at the espies don't ask me why i was on a jet i met michelle obama i i didn't get to meet her i didn't get to say hi to her she was just right there in front okay, of me. okay 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 so i didn't get to meet her i Close was just in the room okay but i was on this i was on this private jet it was a very surreal experience and in front of me is the is the father of a, a girl i used to coach and now we're friends anyways and he has been like a, a a pretty successful venture capitalist and big deal in in silicon valley and the u.s and the world for that matter 
and he was on his computer and he, he just looked up at me and he said, Carl, the future is individualized prescriptions. And then he just looked back down again. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that makes sense. <laughs> Let me think about that. And you're, and you're like, God? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I, I was like... It was my awakening. Anyways, but that, that was one of those reminders where I was like, okay, we're giving people this universal prescription, 2159, 225, 155 pound deadlift, yeah. handstand push-ups. What is your individualized prescription that's going to elicit the response or the physiologic adaptation or the mental and emotional growth that you need right now for this to be optimized? And that is the constant uh, state that I, I live in personally and with people around me and of course i fuck up daily i kill a lot of people and I, you know, it's just like, <laughs> do not go to carl's gym <laughs> do not, do not 50% go. of people do not come back out <laughs> yeah, exactly. but the 50% who do are super successful <laughs> right? high risk high reward yeah Dude, high reward. <laughs> anyways all this is just to say we all need something and there's a lot available. It's our job to go capture that and and team up with great people who can help us capture that. And hopefully, uh, we're doing this for uh, the greater good and something that will uh, just allow for this generation and the generations to come to flow in whatever way they have to flow to suffer just enough to be aware, but. Uh, not be hurting to the point where they're succumbing to pain. Yeah. And I would say, just kind of wrapping up, that I think one of the things that I've noticed is that connection heals a lot of negative emotions. And um, not to say that we have to be connected 24-7 to each other, but I think, and what I mean by, by connection is having a positive connection with another human being. So whether that be smiling at a stranger or talking to someone, you know, that you normally wouldn't talk to and just like kind of getting to know them. And I learned a lot about that too from Claire. Like I was talking to Claire a while ago and Claire made a comment about like when we do interviews, she's like, or no, it was when we were on the plane. (laughs) When we were on the plane, Claire, when we were traveling, I think it was to to, uh, CrossFit HQ. And I was like, oh, it's just exhausts me to have small talk with mm-hmm. people on the plane. And Claire was like, I kind of like to just like get to know people's stories and like get to know what they're about and like what interests them. And um, and that just really stuck with me, too, because I'm like, that's really important. Like even I think we do get too stuck in our own minds. And if we can just like talk to a stranger and laugh with a stranger or laugh with a loved one, even like that is I feel like connection is is such a healer for a lot of things that's going on right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like small talk gets a bad rap, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it in the place, you know, if you get to the point of somebody, when, once you get there, you want to have the deeper connection, but got to start somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a follow-up question also about, you know, I, this is something you've alluded to a lot on this um, episode is that overall feeling that you're going for. And, you know, you started off, well, when I joined, you started off by saying, you know, that you you and all your siblings have, um, for the most part, found a way of life that brings you fulfillment and I'm you know ever since you said that I've just been um wondering you know what does that feel like for you also what is that sort of north star feeling that you're pushing towards what is that Mm -hmm. you know do you can you describe it or do you just know it when you feel it you you just kind of know it when you feel it I think the 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 moment I I kind of um really started thinking about this was when I became a parent and 
my wife and I, we, we became foster parents and then eventually we adopted a teenager and, uh, Congratulations. It was whole, That's an amazing story. Thank you. It, it was, it was so hard, uh, mm. <laughs> so fucked up <laughs> in so many ways, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but, uh, so awesome, so beautiful. And although it was hard, it was, it was, it, you felt it in your heart. It was really heartfelt, uh, it's it just, it just awesome, and you just can't explain it. It's like your kid can can fuck up royally, and you're just like, I still love you. Like you're you're awesome, and because I know that this little thing that you did or this behavior is just temporary. It's just a transition. It, it, it's not who you are. And however I reacted, if it was negative, it's not who I am. And it's in that moment where you're just like, ah, oh, that feels really nice. Because mm-hmm. now I have no fucking pressure to try to prove anything to anyone. All I'm doing is facilitating this flow. Whether it's, you know, comes out crazy or comes out super normal, if you will, or weird. I think that's where, where it is. I guess it's unconditional love. Just minor. I guess it's just unconditional love. <laughs> there you go. Unconditional <laughs> love and connection is the uh, it's just going to heal a lot of things. Okay, I have one quick question, then we got to wrap up. Oh, but I, st- <laughs> I got to move fast because Crystal from our Girls Gone Wad community asked this question, and, and I'm like, I promise I'll get to it. So she she loves you, Carl, and she says, I know. Well, let me back up. He seems to have a great family dynamic and talks so lovingly about his family, which is true. And I'm I know I can we can tell how much you love them. Uh, I know that day to day I struggle, and this is her talking i know that day to day i struggle with what's important and at the end of the day i think back and wonder if i'm leaving anything meaningful with my child or my husband from that day and our interactions with each other what message or takeaway do you strive to leave with your daughter every day or with your partner Mm -hmm. like in those daily interactions yeah i think we're we're all missing to we're all missing and leaving stuff out so first of all we can't carry that burden uh, but if, if there's something you want to uh, leave them with is that as long as you're okay, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's as simple as that. And I, I, I said this on a different podcast, but um, since I was a kid, when, when I was blowing out candles uh, oh, yeah. on my, birth- on my I birthday, this, yeah. I, yeah, you heard this, mm-hmm. my, my wish was always, all I want is happiness and peace for those that I'm surrounded by, because when those that are around me are happy and healthy. Uh, I feel good. And the the way I achieve that is simply by accepting and respecting who I am. And I think that's what I try to, to do on a daily basis uh, at home. I try to be the best champion I can and the best beacon I can and support system and I mean, I fuck up every day and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reminded of that. <laughs> but I think that's so important. Like, it's funny that as you're saying that, because the reaction I had as you were saying that is like, man, he's got it together. And then like my reaction on top of that is going and having it together means like we're human and we're fucking up every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But your parents must be so proud. Like, that's a that's such a beautiful thing to like wish about wish for on your birthday every year. It's so cute. Well, I never told them, actually. <laughs> Oh, secret. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. told. But they know. They yeah. know. I yeah. mean, they know that I'm. I'm all about my family, and and even even Tanya was like, I didn't realize you talked to your parents so much. I was yeah. like, yeah, they're my best friends. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. 
Well, we do you have a do you have a, a gem of mom advice? Yeah, we love mom advice. Like, does your mom have like a saying that you're like, this is my piece that I take with me? Like, put a timer on it, for example. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 maybe drawing a blank right now. My mom is just presence. It's like when she's around, everything's okay. Yeah, she doesn't have to say anything. There are no words. It's just. I mean, I, when when I I was going through some pretty serious depression. Uh, I remember calling my parents, and uh, I was just suffering that day. And uh, my dad answered, and he's like, "Carl, I really don't know how to help you here. I'm freaking out." And I was like, <laughs> "He's like, I'm gonna put mom on the phone." And I'm gonna <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Okay." okay. And as soon as my mom got on the phone, and she didn't even have to say anything, I, I just heard her on the other end, just kind of get close to the phone as he put me on speaker, and I just busted out crying and I was like she didn't have to say anything and, yeah. and I felt yeah. better right after that uh that's like what I that's like my mom that's like my mom goal like that's like I the mom I want to be is just mm-hmm. like that you know that just so what's from looking for so like aggressively maternal yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well wh- really whether good. whether you you are are getting that feedback that you are or not you already are just by thinking that yeah well, then that makes me feel less bad for being late to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? When it comes to kids, it's like, fuck everything else. Yeah. Yeah. They come first. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It, it's it's the best job in the world. It's the it's the most, it, it's the best job in the world. It's the hardest. <laughs> but yeah, it's you can say the other part, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also the shittiest. <laughs> it's the shittiest. <laughs> but I've never been so happy in my life being thrown up on sometimes either. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Being thrown up on. I've, I've never felt so much love while covered with someone else's bodily fluids. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carl, thank you yeah. so much for taking the time tonight. We, we're going to have to do this again because we could talk for a long time. I would love to do it yeah. again. Thank you. For, thank you. Can, can I just take a second to acknowledge you guys and thank you for just letting me be me and speak my mind and, and giving me the the safety to do that. I, I, I just want to say that I really appreciate that. And it's it's such a valuable thing. I, I just I, I have a hard time putting words to it, but I just want people that are listening to know that you guys by giving me a chance to just sit here and talk to you guys it it basically changes my life in many ways mm. so thank you oh you're welcome and thank you for showing up yeah not everybody's willing to do that yeah like seriously showing up like you 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 had my brain going like doing backflips so <laughs> i <laughs> i really appreciate that so um stay on the line and just tell before so don't hang up yet but just tell our listeners where um, they what's the best place to find you right now? Yeah, you can find me uh, online at freestyleconnection.com, which I'm currently updating, and I'm excited about sharing that very soon. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Carl Powley. And uh, yeah, I'm always happy to answer questions, and I love interacting with people. So uh, DM me. Slide into my DM. <laughs> he will. When did that become a saying? Oh, is that what? I don't <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't yeah. even know that was a saying. <laughs> it's it's dumb, and I should not be saying it. <laughs> I, take, I take it back. I take it all I take back. It back. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I take it back. Don't slide into my DMs. Please send me a direct message. Please. <laughs> all right, listeners, that's the episode for this week. Thank you, Carl. 
Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.